the Raptors will be a spoiler in the Eastern Conference, mm. which they were also last year, yep. but everybody ticks off teams that they think will win the East. Nobody talks about the Raptors, and the Raptors are primed to make a midseason trade. So I would say my hot take is watch out for the team north of the border to, to, to create some havoc in the East this year. the south of the six podcast bring you the latest on your toronto raptors now here are your hosts connor chambers and adam corsair another season another season of getting undermined and another season with everybody with the exception of brian windhorse sleeping on the raptors welcome to the pre-season sorry the regular season preview of the south of the six podcast we are part of the stadium scene dot tv network what i was going to say connor is that preseason is over five games deep raptors spanked the boston celtics in montreal hey i love hearing that love hearing that salute tutti cheers to that all the best it was great i don't know if you were able to catch the game uh i caught it the next day oh you did i did you caught it live uh, I parts of it. Okay. I didn't catch All the right. whole thing. But All right. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a lie to the audience. I That's fine. Caught That's a bit, fine. But enough. We have to be honest. Um, might as well do this now. Speaking of honesty and speaking about catching games, um, we talked about this heading into the uh, the return of the show um, about the limitations I've had with time and whatnot, having kids. Last year, I don't know if you remember this. Last season, rather. Um, what I would do is I would watch the games the next day um, and I'd I'd have reactions as if I was watching it live and hashtag dad life, that shit. I think that's going to happen again. Um, I will be able to catch Wednesday live, but um, Wednesday being the home opener. But um, otherwise, you know, being a dad, two kids, one of them just turned one. The other one's four running around upstairs. I'm sure it's bleeding through the mic. <laughs> it is difficult. Well, I feel you. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't actually know if I'll be able to catch the season opener live. And the reason I say this, I, um, as some of you may know, I, I do. Uh, I, I work as a team manager for esports team. That's That's my job. And uh, the team is flying in for the start of the season. So we're doing like a boot camp thing up in Muskoka. Nice. Yeah. So we leave tomorrow, tomorrow being Tuesday, and we're back on Thursday. So I'm going to try to catch it. Um, I'm sure I'll be able to catch probably the last half. Hmm. Uh, But to to sit here and say I'll be able to watch the whole thing live, probably not. I'll at least catch the first half rewatch or something like that later, but um, yeah. I can probably look to to catch the final half live and then the first half on recap. So, hey, look, you got you got children. I manage children for a living, <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and that's that's the way it goes. <laughs> um, are you flying? We are driving. Okay. So uh, it's in Muskoka. It's about a two-hour drive from Toronto and cottage country for those that 
aren't really familiar, uh, it's beautiful this time of year, especially with the leaves and oh yeah, it's it's gonna get a little cold, but welcome to Toronto, I guess. Oh dude, fall life, I love mm-hmm. it. Autumn life, pumpkin. You life. love you love pumpkin. We all you know. love the pumpkin. We all know it's been well established on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of Raptors coverage to get to, but I just wanted to. You know, do some preliminary talk and, you know, just in a basic sense here. I feel like you and I were on the same page last year when we shot the shit in the DMs about the team and what our expectations were. I have a similar approach to this season, despite, you know, the hype that we've given this team, despite thinking that they're going to do better. And I still think that. Um, But in terms of reasonable expectations, uh, outside of winning more games and maybe performing, well, hopefully performing better in the playoffs. My expectations for this team are rather low in terms of, dare I say, championship aspirations. I'm not sure that the team's quite there yet. And I don't know that any reasonable Raptors fans, no offense to anybody that does think this, um, would assume that they have a realistic shot of being the favorites to win the championship. Um, that being said, where's your head at with this team? Um, similar. I mean, look, if, if you're going to sit here and, and tell me that you think that we're going to be contending as as a legitimate title contender with the top dogs this year, I just I don't know if that's fair. Mm-hmm. I just don't even think that's fair for this team. Set those expectations. I think it's I think it's better to just you know enjoy it like like sort of what we did last year. We had the we had the mentality going into the year, like, you know, they're going to be a fun young team, at least be competitive, get into some games. They, they finished probably better, I think, than what most people thought they would. Definitely. And it made it and it made it a fun season. Mm. So when you come at it from that perspective, I think that's how I think you, you'll just enjoy yourself more. Right. This this isn't a team that's got that true bonafide superstar right now. Um, not not to put any slander on Pascal or fred or scotty or whatever it's just you you know like we talked about last episode maybe pascal develops into that top player um and he could but right now he's based off of his previous play he's not there yet Mm. so do do we think that the raptors could finish as a top four team in these sure right like it could happen do i think they could be a play-in team sure that could happen as well the east is very very disruptive in terms of how the teams are and what expectations are between media and experts and fan bases across the nba their teams are all like it's it's the east is just a clusterfuck it's scattered Mm -hmm. everywhere um and there's you know maybe besides the top two three four dogs there's really no consistency after that after that drop off it's just kind of the wild west in terms of predictions and standings and you know records and all that all that shit so just enjoy it right like and and i think we kind of keep echoing this from my perspective i i i would i think there'll be a playoff team i think they'll be top six when i say that like playoff team i think they'll be top six team um i think again depending on the matchup like if you're six team facing a three seed like it could be tougher to win around i think if you win around that's a success with this team you went around the playoffs, that's a success. And then everything from there is gravy, unless they make a midseason trade or do something crazy or whatever. But that should be the expectation, I think, for Raptors fans. Yeah, that final point is important because this is under the understanding, 
not to be redundant. Um, this is based on the understanding that the team is going to be as it stands. Of course, mm-hmm. they can make additions. Uh, you heard the clip in the beginning by Winhurst saying um, they are primed to do so if they choose so. Um, they have the resources. They have the um, you know the capital to liquidate if they want to. Um, so I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying the way they are structured as of today, um, it's not quite championship ready. Um, and I don't know that that is, I mean, every team wants to win. I, I thoroughly believe and truly believe that if you're playing in any, you know, professional sports league, you should want to win. Um, but some teams are built to better than others. Um, and the East have numerous teams that are built to win and are trying to chase that whereas the west have uh, a lot and i guess fewer teams in comparison um yeah, so the west the west is the west is pretty <laughs> it's crap it's pretty the rest is pretty junk compared to the east like yeah. the east is and it's a complete reversal from what it was like 10 years ago i was gonna say when's the last time that that happened but um mm-hmm. Look, I, that's not to put anyone down. I know that we're supposed to be hyping the team <laughs> heading into it. I'm just saying, you know, my approach to wrap this in a bow, my, my approach last season was to just sit back and enjoy it. And I think you pretty much echoed that sentiment yeah. in your uh, in your take. And I think that if you do that, it's really hard to be disappointed, right? If you If you approach this team with the understanding that there's still development to be had, it's really hard to be disappointed. Of course, there's going to be close losses and it's going to bug you but if they're building it correctly which i think they are it's just little little incremental steps that's nothing wrong nothing wrong with baby steps man like this this team look i i think both times masai ujiri has tried to deconstruct this team he's found gold by doing so Mm -hmm. the, the the first time when tried to basically tank for Andrew Wiggins and then this team found gold and he was like, oh, it's, this team's actually got something to it and found some character in there. And I think this time around too and when Kawhi left and so well, we might want to do a little bit of a, not 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 like a rebuild, but a quick reset and still found success, right? I just think that there's something to be, to be said about that and like, there's also that other side that, yeah, just because we're finding success when maybe we shouldn't have been doesn't mean that we should be a champion, bona fide championship contender. It's just not realistic for anybody, and, and it's quite unfair. But Yeah, nothing wrong with it. I think this team will be fun to watch. I think they're yes. going to exceed expectations, in, when I say that, in comparison to last year. Yep. And even if these expectations that you have are similar to Connor and my take, um, I still think the team will exceed those expectations. Maybe not leaps and bounds, but just maybe a little bit, like you said, baby steps. So yeah, um, I think we're in for a fun ride. Um, so let's let's get into the the meat and peanut butter of this show. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you put you put some you put some peanut butter on your steak or no what? no no? I just everyone anticipates potatoes, meat yeah. and potatoes, but if you curveball them and say I meat would, and peanut I would butter, love, I would love to see someone throw some peanut butter. Right beside a steak and see how that goes. There are some uh, like Chinese food dishes that use, or maybe it's Thai. They use Thai, peanuts. yeah. yeah. And it's it's pretty good. They put it on their chicken and stuff. It's good. Um, but I, I, I'm 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 probably gonna get some Thai now. No, they, mm, dude, hungry. Pad Thai is where it's at. Yeah, love that. Pad Thai is where it's at. All right, uh, let's start with Scotty Barnes. Um, 
look, if you dig into the archives of the show since returning, um, you'll notice that we have numerous times waxed poetically about Scotty Barnes. And who can blame us, right? Uh, Rookie of the year, Masai allegedly, we pretty much know, but allegedly refused to include him in a trade for Kevin Durant. Um, he's hyped as the future as the, of the franchise, et cetera, et cetera. Um, throughout the preseason, he hasn't really looked like himself. Um, check out the stats. Five games, he's averaged just about 24 minutes, 10 points per game, shooting 43% from the field, 22% from deep, 57% from the line, around five and a half boards and about two and a half turnovers per game. Uh, Nurse has echoed, echoed these sentiments by stating that um, Barnes has entered the preseason a little bit dinged up, um, and he's a little bit, quote, behind his teammates due to a minor ankle injury. He suffered three weeks heading into trading camp, which has affected his conditioning. So given these issues, given his less than stellar performance in the preseason, are you concerned at all with Scotty Barnes heading into the regular season? Is he due for a sophomore slump, or is this just me? being a victim of not abiding by the preseason pledge, which is do not overreact to anything good or bad that happens in the preseason. What say ye? Adam, <laughs> do not overreact to anything good or bad that happens in the preseason. Preseason pledge. Preseason pledge. You take it with me. You live and die by the preseason pledge. Okay. Um. Oh, if, if he was averaging fucking 35 points a game i would tell you he's not going to do that right he's averaging 10 points a game he's not going to do that right like these are these are things that like nick nurse had alluded to he's a little bit behind on his teammates he had a bit of an injury um he's it, it takes a bit to you know especially coming off an off season you're not really conditioned it's going to take your body a bit longer to get in rhythm especially when you use this time to get in a rhythm when you're healthy, right? If you're not healthy, 100%, it's going to take a bit. Um, I, I know we, you had shared with me that that tweet and that thread, and Nick Nurse has said, uh, talked about uh, Scotty Barton saying that certain games he looked, certain games last season, he, he looked like he was fully locked in, saying, quote, that's all he needs to do this year, figure out what mindset he was in, to go into all those games last year with and that level of a certainness and he will be just fine. So Nick nurse knows Scotty Barnes is going to be just fine because if we understand anything about Scotty Barnes is that he's a competitor. And I think that they understand what it takes to motivate Scotty Barnes. If he ever needs it, um, this is a coaching staff that and, and a management team that has a good understanding, a good pulse on, on their players. So with some good, you know, I know we're saying we're a young team, but there's some good veteran leadership on this team. You look at Pascal, you look at Fred, you look at Thaddeus Young, right? Guys like that, Otto Porter, guys that have been around a bit, especially Otto Porter, a guy that was super hyped up coming into his, his, um, into his campaign, into his career. It kind of fell off a bit, kind of tapered off and then f found a role, but it's a guy that can say, look, nothing's ever guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So the right pieces are around guys like Scotty Barnes to help execute at that level that we know he can execute at. So uh, am I worried? No, because I took the preseason pledge just like you. <laughs> um, I'm not overly concerned, but I do think, and, and I don't hope for this. I don't necessarily anticipate this, but 
I don't think it's unreasonable to expect maybe a little bit of a regression um, in some areas of his game, um, especially if his conditioning is off, to start the season. That's not to say that he can't get back into the same type of rhythm that he was in you know, throughout the majority of the season last year come, I don't know, a quarter of the way through. Um, you know, it, these things take time. Um, basketball is definitely a game of rhythm. And if you're not in it, if you're not locked in, it's really, really hard to perform at a high level. So I'm not concerned, but I guess I am concerned with the schedule that we start with. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit deeper later. Um, we've said it, it's brutal. And that being the case, we can't really afford to have a lot of drop-off in performance in this first, I don't know, nine or ten games that we have. Um, So, long-term, I'm not concerned. I'm taking the preseason pledge with you. I don't think this means he's a bust. I don't think this means that uh, we overvalue him or whatnot. I, I don't think any of that. Um, but my concern does lie in the first 10 games of the season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and that's like, we've, like we've discussed, it's a pretty tough part of the schedule. So kind of when you want him to step up, but, uh, some other injuries to this team that I know we're going to talk about later that, let's get into it, you know, good. Um, okay. Well, this is, this is what they call leading the lead, you know, um, but yeah, I, I know I know there's been some injuries over the over the course of this team that you could look at to say, well, you know, maybe they're not going to even be as good as we thought they would be over those 10 games, which I don't think anyone's saying we're going to be great because we, we play some tough competition. But um, Scotty's not 100 percent piled on with those injuries. This may not be a good thing for the Toronto Raptors, especially to start um, the injuries that you're referring to is. Uh, the aforementioned Otto Porter Jr., his injury, he has a hamstring injury. Um, Chris Boucher, who also is experiencing a hamstring injury. And look, I'll, I'm on record of, I think last episode, sort of brushing Porter's uh, injury off, saying, ah, he's a vet. He doesn't need preseason. He doesn't need reps. Turns out it's a little bit more serious than I thought it was, and it shows what I don't know, which is <laughs> I don't know shows- anything. Shows shows that we're just two men behind a microphone. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, you want to talk about overvalue? <laughs> look no further. Um, but look, to start the season being down two men um, that are supposed to be, and I believe them to be, quality depth, especially the length that Boucher offers, um, the veteran presence, as you mentioned, that Porter offers. Um, Look, nothing is concerned. They could make their return to the start of the season on Wednesday. I, If I was a betting man, which sometimes I am, um, I'd be willing to lay down that they're going to have limited minutes if they play. Um, but I, I'm not overly concerned. But again, when viewing the first 10 games of the season, you're thinking, oh, fuck, we could, these are games that we could really use some bench depth to not exhaust our starters or our main key players. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you kind of look at the beginning of any season, the starters really don't get that 
many minutes, right? Like we're not looking at 40 plus minutes from Pascal and Fred, you know, it is Nick nurse. So maybe we are, yeah. but, um, typically we don't see that, especially in the first bit to the season. So everyone's still getting their legs under them, yada, yada. So to your credit, bench depth does become way more important than maybe we're thinking, right? I will say that I've been on record here to state that I think that the Raptors have actually pretty decent bench depth. You take a look at where they are, where they're sitting. You got guys like Christian Coloco who can help fill the void of not having Chris Boucher. So another big man to help step in and fill. I know we have Ken Birch as well too. So I mean like that, that helps. So Chris Boucher, great player, but you can fill him. Uh, to me, Otto Porter is the bigger one of the two just based on depth perspective here right like you could argue chris boucher is a better player and that's fine like i'll i'll understand that argument but from a depth perspective it probably hurts the raptors more losing auto porter you have to rely on guys like thaddeus young a little bit more in terms of that and he's not giving you the same offense that auto porter is providing and that's why you brought him in because he's going to be a spark plug off the bench so the the offense has to kind of flow through the starters now um and you know there's certain guys that have been discussed as starting and certain guys that are getting maybe start on the bench and it might tinker with the amount of offense coming out of the bench so um if anything, if, if if I want one of those two guys to be starting and playing for me in this circumstance, it's Otto Porter Jr. Just because of his importance to the offense of this team. Of course, I want both to be healthy and ready to go. And I hope for nothing but the best. But um, in terms of importance, that's how I view it from my perspective. Yeah, I think um, you're going to get a lot of Kim. <laughs> um, yeah. Whether you think that's a good or a bad thing, you're going to get a lot of them. Yeah. Um, unless Precious is stellar and to his credit in the uh preseason he looked aggressive he looked dialed in there was a, a few times where i was like uh oh, you're you're still a little bit of a wild pony there it's like taming horses but um he's he's coming into his own and i'm anticipating a little bit of i don't know excitement Sort of like the Alec Manoa start <laughs> game one of the playoffs. Probably not to that degree, but I do anticipate him to be a little bit, I don't know, emotional in a positive way, but it might affect his playing um, to start the season. And that's just due to lack of experience, right? A, a lot of these vet guys are probably just, yeah, I've played so many opening stretches. It's not even funny. I don't even care. Um, and maybe Precious won't be, you know, moved by the moment, but... You know, coming back game one in Toronto against now a, a maybe a budding rivalry in Cleveland. Uh, the moment might be a little big. I don't know. I, look, I'm not necessarily concerned because we talk about the length of this team. A lot of 6'9 guys. Um, Positionless basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, minus Fred and... Um, Gary. Yeah. Uh, you're going to... You're going to have a lot of length, so it might not be that much of a detriment, but at the same time, Boucher does play crucial roles, and he's fearless. Yeah. And I don't get that sense of fearlessness, of attacking the rim from Precious and or Kem like I do, Chris. And Kem's just slower, so maybe that's why we don't 
view that. I think Chris Boucher just flies around the court. Yeah. And he's just limbs everywhere. This yeah. is flying around. Like he's, he's like he's like one of those guys you see at a car dealership parking lot, like the uh, wacky waving uh, inflatable arm. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, that's it. And he's <laughs> waving around, his arms in the air. Um, he's he's very disruptive, and he gets in your face, and he gets a lot of blocks, and and it's it's really hard for shooters to shoot when Chris Boucher is in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Precious is 6'8", officially listed as. So, um, I don't know about that. I, I see I see your face. Um, Just give him the inch. <laughs> I know, that's crazy. So he doesn't. He clearly doesn't fit Raptors basketball. Gotta but, trade him. You know, Chris Boucher is a, 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 little, a little bit, a little bit taller than that, mm. right? Uh, Precious uses his body well, and there's a reason why he's been playing power forward center positions for all of his career. He uses his body well. Um, he's only 23 years old. He just turned 23. So he's still trying to figure it out, man. Like, I I, I mean, it's it's hard for a guy at that age, especially, I, and, and I think they were saying Precious at, at one point when he was younger was like playing point guard and shooting guard and stuff oh, wow. like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that with someone like that, he's he's still got to learn how to use it. And maybe Chris Boucher is like, dude, you just got to throw yourself at everything, right? But he's always up against guys that are bigger and, frankly, could be stronger. So it's harder. I think he kind of gets drowned out a bit in that. It's like the little wave amongst the big wave. Hmm. Um, becomes a bit harder to notice. But um, he's around. It's just, you know, you see the limbs of tall ass Chris Boucher a little bit more than you see precious moving around him. That's, that's kind of my take on it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, again, I guess I just, I'm just focused on the first 10 or 11 games of the season. And, you know, we've already labeled those. I don't want to say crucial, but they're definitely going to test the resolve of the Raptors. And it would be nice if they were fully healthy. It is what it is. Can't change that. Teams are going to lose games. Not necessarily saying they will. Raptors are going 8 2 no. There you go. 8 2 no. They don't lose. That's it. Never lost. Let's move on. Let's talk more about the depth of this team with the 15th final roster spot. It was awarded to... (laughs) Justin Champagne. And with the corresponding move being to waive Gabe Brown, Josh Jackson, and DJ Wilson. Seemed rather obvious given the 25 minutes that Champagne played... Um, the final game in Montreal against the Celtics. I think Jackson, if memory serves me correct, 11 minutes off the bench. Um, a lot of people saw a lot of potential in Josh Jackson. I certainly saw something, um, but it wasn't enough. I trust the Raptors' judgment in terms of their position players and who earned those uh, those minutes in those spots. Given that the 15th roster spot doesn't typically make or break a team, does it surprise you nonetheless that it's Champagne and not Josh Jackson? Mm, no. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing for me is, at that point, it's it's almost down to, like, things that we probably don't even see, right? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe they like Justin's work ethic and how he practices and his diet and his nutrition and his sleep 
and his the way he's the way he's like taking notes and in, in in video review right these are things that we as the general public and audience don't see about him or about any any player to be honest like we don't know how they are when they're off the court you know uh, and when i say that i'm talking you know practice and yeah. and this and that um are we going to expect Justin to play meaningful minutes in this season? We're not expecting that. I don't think that you should. And if we and if we get that, then we're probably in a little bit of trouble, whether that's injuries or play aside or something like that. Yeah. So maybe the guys just liked him better. Maybe he's a better locker room guy. There's there's a lot more to to that, and I think for a fifteenth spot than you know maybe just talent alone. Josh Jackson, is he more talented? Probably. I would say he's probably more talented. He was a fourth overall pick for a reason, right? Um, probably more talented than than Justin. But maybe Justin just is a better guy at practice. Works harder, right? Makes the guys around him work harder. Um, more hungry. These are, like I said, all these are things that we don't really take into account when we're looking at at a game or at a game or, 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 you know, the, the box score, the stat sheet, and we're like, well, this, this guy should have been taken. Yeah, maybe if you look at that. Sure. But there's so many external factors that we're not even thinking about that go into making a decision like this. Yeah. I like that. Um, you mentioned that it might be some of the things that we don't get to see. It could be something as simple as Nick nurse preferring, um, Justin's ability to play the positionless basketball that you referenced. Yeah. Um, maybe he's able to guard better one through five. I'm not saying flawlessly or even necessarily effectively, but just perhaps better. Um, maybe there's something about the chemistry that he had with the teammates mm-hmm. that Josh didn't have. Like, th- these are components that you're right. We don't get to see. Um, this is not to disparage Josh's character at all. Uh, I'm not saying that or his worth ethic. I, I just don't know. Um, it, it's really hard to dig in deep into players that aren't going to be playing meaningful minutes and why that player got the nod and this one didn't. Um, it doesn't necessarily bother me. It doesn't necessarily concern me. And I think you're right. If we're relying on Justin Champagne playing meaningful minutes, then yeah, there's a problem. Um, and either actually if he's playing meaningful minutes and it's at the end of the season then we're doing okay because we're resting people (laughs) yeah exactly for sure so um i'm looking at the stat lines for the preseason um and he averaged about 16 and a half minutes a game i don't want him to go anywhere near that (laughs) regular season if he does like i said if he does we're in big trouble yeah um it's not an overly impressive stat line during five games, and he's only played two of them. Um, whereas Josh Jackson got to play all five games, um, albeit with fewer minutes. So they obviously see something. There's some familiarity, too, with Champagne. So um, that might be the the Achilles heel there. But I don't know. It doesn't necessarily concern me, but it is something to at least – be aware of because when the scouts on this team see something in a player, I don't necessarily think it's for naught. I think it's, it might not be utilized heavily, 
but there's a reason for it. And sure. this organization has never steered me wrong since Masai has been at the at the helm of it. So who am I to question the decision? Yeah, fair point. I mean, yeah, we, we can't really go after them with, with their current track record of, of scouting. Um, also, too, I think something to think about, Justin's 21 and Josh Jackson's 25. There you go. Like this, you know, they might be looking at Josh Jackson and saying, well, this is his peak probably. And if if Justin is kind of at that level with four years difference, maybe Justin can be something at 25 that Josh is not. So, like you said, Justin probably fills a need on this team that we don't, we aren't clear of. And that could be anything, like we mentioned. It could be just him at practice. It could be uh, him, like, like doing practice, like, five, five on fives, three on threes, whatever, with the guys. It could be a defensive role, or it could be some guy that, that they need in, like, a two-second drill or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there there could be a role for him, or, like, put him on the, the inbounder on a play of, of something on the sidelines, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yep. Something really specific like that. So, fifteenth um, man, if that's what they're comfortable with, I'm comfortable with it. It's not gonna. It shouldn't. It shouldn't make too much of an impact. Yeah, the dude probably won't even be needing to take showers after games. Yeah, exactly. Just change so, to the street clothes. Maybe, maybe he just like daps him up a bit better than Josh Jackson, and then that's it. Yeah, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and he's not slated to go to do anything outside of the of a third rotation. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, given the, the injuries right now to Porter, um, Malachi Flynn's day to day, but I don't necessarily think that he's going to be derailed at all. Um, it's really hard for him to find meaningful minutes outside of garbage time. Um, and that was a contradiction because garbage time is not meaningful. So um, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't see um, this being too much of an impact, but I'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, roster positions. But speaking of roster positions, and I think this is going to take up a good portion of the conversation. Let's talk about Gary Trent because um, apparently, and this is not me hating on it, he has earned a starting role uh, for the Raptors at least to open the season, which would mean Precious Achua is slated to come off the bench. It's not a crazy surprise, but I am on the record on this show stating that I thought it was in the team's best interest to have Gary come off the bench to have that shooting option with Precious starting at the five spot. But again, what do I know? Apparently nothing. Uh, Do you agree with this decision? And uh, Nick Nurse has also been on record to say that he will be fluid with this starting lineups. It's not a set five, but this is probably what we're going to see the majority of games. Um, Will this hinder the development of Precious since he won't be starting at the five? Um, I don't think so. Like, I, I, the way that they do, like, starting lineups and bench nowadays is so fluid that it's not to say that Precious isn't going to get any run with the starting lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there, there could be... Nick could see something where he's like, I need Precious in here for this matchup immediately like five minutes into the game, right? And he's like, shit, I need to make an adjustment. Gary's going to come off the bench because we need that offense there. And Precious has to be in there for a more disruptive force, right? Like yeah. that, that could, that could happen. I think like as a generalization, 
I would still prefer to have Precious starting and Gary coming off the bench, very much like you. Not to say like like I love Gary Trent. Okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna come like I'm on record saying that I'm, I'm gonna come on record saying that. Yeah, and he brings a great element to this team in terms of his defensive intensity, his offensive skill. He's a great player to have, and he seems like he's got a really good attitude. So, um, for me, I, I love that, and I think he's a starter on like most teams, right? I just think the way this team is currently constructed. And looking at the starting rotation, for me, I just like the length a bit better with having Gary coming off the bench and then Precious starting, right? Like, I also don't really want to see Pascal playing center. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, well, I know that having Gary Trent starting at the two means Pascal is going to be at the five. Yeah. And... I'm not really a fan of that. I think it's more that that Pascal becomes the five where I would rather Pascal be at the four and take those assignments as opposed to being at the five and having to get banged up time and time again. Big boys, Joel and B, Nikola Jokic, like Andre Drummond. Like I'm just trying to think of big boys that that will body you and and honestly will put your body through more because you're at that center spot horford yeah horford like there's there's got there's guys that are just big steven adams jonas valanciunas like i know i know valanciunas spreading the floor a bit more but jonas valanciunas like guys guys will be big bodies harder to you know even bam out of bio is a big body right i'm just i'm I'm just flying through names here and those are guys he's going to have to go up against time and time again. He's not really a fan of Pascal playing the five. Putting Gary Trent at the two means Pascal's at the five. So I think it's more of me not liking that than it having anything to do with Gary Trent being at the two, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking the same thing about it being matchup dependent because yeah. um, I think Embiid... You know, we like to shit on Embiid. I get it. It's easy, but I can't deny the season that he had last year. Um, I think the the Philadelphia 76ers failures are not necessarily on the shoulders of the team. I blame more so Doc Rivers on that regard. Doc but, Rivers is junk. Yes. Um, but you're right. I think as good as Pascal is, Embiid's a big body. And, you know... I don't like him going toe-to-toe with Pascal when it comes to box out, when it comes to post-ups. I'd just rather have a bigger frame down there, and Precious has that to a certain degree. If it's not Precious, I'd lean towards Kem just for the frame, um, even though it smells like foul trouble to me. Um, But if not that, you know, Chris Boucher did hold his own against Embiid in the regular yeah. season. Um, so, you know, I know we just mentioned that he's hurt, but I think in that, maybe not in that order, you can flip-flop one, two, three, however you want, but I still think if I'm going Embiid versus Pascal, to me, that's the fourth option. I agree. I agree. I totally. Um, anybody but Pascal, and that's not to say I don't think Pascal can guard Embiid, 
or can't sorry that's not to say i don't like i don't think that he that he's like incapable of that because i think he can it's just how many times do you want that matchup because eventually one of those matchups is going to just get pascal right where it's going to hurt him Mm -hmm. and he's going to be and he's going to be hurt and we've seen pascal battle some injuries over the last couple seasons and he's a better player he's he is a much better player when he's truly healthy compared to when he's not. There's some players that can battle through injury and stay at a level that's relatively similar to what they were when they were healthy. <laughs> Pascal's a player that needs to be healthy. So if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm doing everything that I possibly can to make sure that Pascal stays healthy this year. Putting him at the five is doing him a bit of a disservice. Saying that, I'm not an NBA coach. <laughs> And I don't know what's best for, for anybody. And I'm not Alex McKechnie and, and, and I'm not a medical, like, you know, I'm, I'm not a medical professional. Right. I just know what I see and I know what I've, like, from playing before, what it's like being a five or a four. Um, does that mean I'm right? I, no, that's just my opinion. But um, at the end of the day, is this kind of goes back to our, you know, Justin Champagny conversation. Like I, like I trust in them to make the right decision. If, if they see something there that, that they like there and maybe he's bulked up and they're confident in that and he wants to play that role because maybe they like the offensive matchup a little bit more, then fine. That's good by me. But I just have that concern. I have that flag. Yeah, the Raptors have had success running small. Let's not disregard yep. that. Yes. Um, and I do trust Nick Nurse to make the adjustments if needed. Um, especially against these bigs that we've mentioned. Um, maybe it is matchup dependent in his eyes. Maybe he's just thinking to start the season against Cleveland. I don't know. Um, and look, maybe it's a nod to Gary Trent saying, look, there's a chance that you might not be on this team next year. We're going to set you up. You know, you've, you've been a loyal soldier to us, albeit via trade, but you know, you, you've held in there for us. You performed well. We're going to make it so you'll get, you know, a, a decent contract or not the best contract possible um, if it's not with us. So we're going to give you an opportunity to showcase. Maybe that's it. I don't know. There, there are a lot of intangibles that we might not be aware of that um, factored into this decision. I just think Nick Nurse run, likes running small and there's nothing wrong with that. They've had success doing so. Um, but I guess this is more me being a little, I don't want to say spiteful but i'm just disappointed because i wanted to, we've talked about it i wanted to see achua take that next step forward that we saw in the second half and i do think personally again what do i know that the raptors are better f- suited with a balanced approach rather than running small with pascal at the five um especially against teams that are going to be extremely challenging i can't stress this enough extremely challenging to the first 10 or 11 games of the season yeah no kickwalk yeah and physical physical teams physical teams jared allen i didn't even mention jared allen like the fro jared allen and i know evan mobley is no easy feat either at the four but i'm just like i'm thinking big bodies right i completely missed the cavaliers like jared allen that's another guy that it's like just it's not as physical though no but between evan mobley and jared allen yes it's tough that's why the two of them together is really solid. But All right. Um, let's get into that. Um, unless you have anything else you want to say about any of the topics that we've covered so far. 
No. Okay. I think. Uh, yeah. No. I. I. No. I'm good. I you was, said your I piece. Was, yeah. Good. Okay. I said my piece. I'm good. Yeah. What about you? I didn't ask you. What about no, you? No. 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 I'm good. I'm, okay. I'm, good. I'm good. Lovely. I don't want to. I don't want to think. I don't want to have people think I'm being too down on this team because I'm not. I'm super excited. I'm stoked. No. You're no. Don't. Don't lie to them. You're saying that they're not even like a playing team. That's crazy. That's true. That's a, we're wow. we're going to get into this with our <laughs> updated win totals if need be. Um, previously, you and I both had the Raptors winning 52 games this season. We penciled that in in our season prediction episode when the schedule was released. Notice I said the word penciled. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things have shifted and changed since then. Um, this our prediction that we penciled in was before Donovan Mitchell was traded to Cleveland, before the controversy in Boston, and before the aforementioned injuries and setbacks we had discussed already on this episode. Um, that being said, let's play it like this. I want to hammer in the win total right now. You have to pick. Are you still sticking with 52? Or did any of those things sway you one way or the other for instance maybe donovan mitchell being in cleveland has swayed you to fewer wins or maybe the controversy in boston has swayed you to maybe a game or two more that you'll earn over boston what say ye um i think all of those are factors and they all bring me back to the same number i'm not fucking leaving give me 52 you're going i'm not fucking leaving all right 52 (laughs) That's where I stand. 52. Okay. Maybe maybe Cleveland takes an extra game from us. Maybe we take an extra game from Boston. Fuck Boston. And that's it. That's what I'm saying. 52. Done. Beautiful. They get what they deserve with the Odoka. That's crazy. Unbelievable. I was on record last time we talked about this that my heart said 52. My mind said 50. Oh, no. They won 48 last year. I still think they win more than 48. If memory serves me correct, Vegas and or ESPN had them 46 and a half, and we were on record to say smash the over. I still stand by that. Smash the over for this team. I wonder what, it, I wonder what the updated over is. I'll, I'll work Go on check that, that while you. I'll yeah. work on that while you keep going here. I do think the controversy in Boston is going to be a factor, but I think that team is hungry to win after just being in the finals. I don't know that Ime had that much of an impact in terms of their thirst for a championship. I don't think that suddenly goes away because he's not the coach anymore. Uh, by the way, shout out to the new head coach. He's from Rhode Island. Um, That's actually cool. I back that. Very yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm going to scale it back to 50. It's disrespectful. I'm sorry. I'm going to That's gonna... that's, dis, that's disrespectful. I don't even want to hear it. No, disrespectful. <laughs> You're such a pessimist. That's I'm scaling it back to 50 wins. I I Why where are you where are you taking it from? Do you know or is it just like a feeling? I think that the East is just so good. And there's going to be a few games in there that the Raptors are going to lose but by single digits it's going to be very close um you say you're not worried about this team's bench i kind of am unless what again we got to take the preseason pledge unless what we saw from malachi flynn is legit and he can hold his own 
like things like that. Maybe um, Precious will continue that leap forward, but off the bench, that's we just talked about the negatives of him not starting. If that's going to happen off the bench, that's a huge positive, right? And if we assume when Otto's healthy, he'll come off the bench. He'll be a, a, another scoring option. Um, that veteran presence, Thaddeus Young, will be a solid defensive presence off the bench. These are the things that are working for the Raptors. It's just that the teams around them, especially that chunk of top four, they're going to be tough, right? They they faced Boston four times. Milwaukee, is it two two or four times? Um, That the Raptors face Milwaukee? Yeah, is it four? I, it would either be three or four. I think they wouldn't it's face four. them twice. Okay. That's I'll right. have to pull up the schedule, but it wouldn't be two. So they face Philly four times. You know, it's it's going to be a challenge. So I'm just going to hedge my bet a little bit and say 50 wins. I still think they exceed the 48 that they had last season. I still think they win more games than what the betting odds suggest that they will win. I think 50 definitely gets them at least top six finish. Yeah. And they're not, I, I don't have them penciling in as a, as a plan team at all. You don't. Yeah. I mean the over or the, the Vegas line for the Raptors is still 46 and a half. Yeah. Uh, it's at minus minus one twenty though, which indicates that people are betting yeah. on the over. Um, 52 wins. They're okay. top six team. I don't want to hear it from you. That's it. Pessimistic. This is unbelievable. All right. Well, let's let's take it a step further. Let's do top ten in the East. Let's do it. You, you want... got you got Raptors at eleven. This is crazy. <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> in order, this is what I think happens. And we were talking before uh, the episode started. I do think it's easier to start this off with teams that aren't going to make it in. Right and yeah. beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I don't think your favorite, the Knicks, they're not getting in. Um, really? Oh, I was so hopeful on the Knicks this year. I was so high on them. I <laughs> love that team. That's crazy. Nah, I I had them as a top four. No, they stink. They're, they're terrible. They stink. They're, they're terrible. Um, they're Dolan, not. Dolan reeks, and that team reeks. They of all course, reek. they're not getting in. Magic are too young, but I do think. Maybe three, four years from now, they might have a presence. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how Bancaro does this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just all young. That's the thing. You have some. I think Terrence Ross is the oldest on that team. Yes. Um, I want. I want to see Jalen Suggs second year. Yeah, yeah. Remember we wanted him. Um, uh, yeah, I was all. I was all about him. <laughs> Pacers aren't making it in. Yeah. Um, so that's three teams. Yep. Pistons, I don't think are making it in. Yeah, that's four teams, and you have a toss up between either Washington or Charlotte getting in. Um, so here's what I have: I have, as much as it pains me to say, I think the number one seed is going to be Boston. I just think they're hungry. Um, I have Milwaukee at two. I still have Philly at three, but I think they choke in the playoffs because that's just what they do. Um, I have Miami at four. They're getting a little older. And that could flip-flop between the Raptors at five. So the Raptors could theoretically finish at four, given the health 
of Miami moving forward. Um, Brooklyn, I have them at six, and I think that's rather generous given the dysfunction that they have demonstrated time and time again. Um, I do not trust Steve Nash to effectively lead a team. I have Cleveland at seven, and that might be a hot take. That is is interesting. So you have Cleveland as a play-in team. Yeah, I have Cleveland at seven. Like, like, I I mean, when it's done one through eight, I I get what you're saying, but if you're not a top six team, you are a play-in team. Okay. So I have, yeah, Cleveland at seven. Chicago at eight. Atlanta, nine. Okay. Wizards, ten. I think Wizards get the nod over Charlotte. Yeah, I do too. Especially, especially with uh, Lamelo starting the season injured, mm-hmm. that could literally be the difference between them making the play in or not. Yep, this this start to the year could make the difference. Also, have you seen Gordon Hayward? He does not look well. Gordon Hayward has never looked well. <laughs> no, but have you seen his new like haircut? I've not. Oh, dude, Google it. Google yeah, Gordon Hayward, two thousand twenty-two. Gordon Hayward, not Ramsey. Gordon Hayward. 2022. 2022. The uh, the first thing when I type Gordon Hayward is Gordon Hayward new haircut. Yeah. yeah. Let me pull this up. Wait. <laughs> he does not look well. Who suggested this? Don't know. He does not look like the same person. He looks like a character from Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, he looks like Beavis. Oh, my God. He looks like he lost a little bit of size, too. Yeah. Hmm. What is going on? A little bit of mass. Well, they said a little bit of meth. <laughs> that too. <laughs> like, Jesus. Give him that haircut, man. Oh my God. That is... Nah. Whoever stylist is should be fired. That's that's actually crazy. Um, okay. So, I'll give you mine here. Okay. I got um, one through ten. We'll start at the top. I got Milwaukee number one. Fair, yeah. I still think they're the best team in the East. Uh, Philly number two. How difficult was that? Really difficult. Just a tight. <laughs> really difficult. I think Tyrese Maxey takes another step this year. Yeah. James Harden doesn't even need to... like. He could literally be the same guy, and they're still a better team just because of the fact that Tyrese Maxey is going to like take a step this year. I really like that kid, and then you know you you know what you're getting from Joel, you know what you're getting from um, Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. So node commodities, and with Maxi taking another step, I really like Tyrese Maxi. Pains me to say, but he's a really good player. So um, that's why I have him there. Got Boston at three. Fair. They're yeah. talented, but I think they overachieved in the second half of the season last year, and. Um, have a couple injuries to start the year a new head coach i'm just kind of interested to see how that goes so i'm not really intrigued with them in the top two spot got toronto at four okay uh i have miami at five yeah see that's same i think it would not surprise me if that was flip-flopped either way yeah yeah i I agree i think i think milwaukee their age is going to start to catch up with them similar to what you said uh so to me that makes total sense I got Cleveland at six. Okay. I have Brooklyn at seven. Chicago at eight. Mm-hmm. 
Atlanta at nine and Washington at ten. Okay, so, so we're we similar. we did not we did not discuss this by the way. No, we have the same like, ten. We have the same ten. Um, we did not discuss this prior to the show. Nope. We did not discuss this at all. But that is my top ten, and and I think it's crazy we have the same top ten. Yeah, because you can make an argument for for Charlotte. You can make an argument for Detroit. Um, yeah, I think. Look, I think. I think Detroit. I think Detroit's gonna be better than what you than what you anticipate. I think Detroit will be the eleventh seed in this in this conference. Is that because the surrounding teams are so bad? Like Indiana's gonna be terrible. The Knicks are gonna be terrible. Indiana will be the worst team in the East. Worse than the Knicks? Yeah. Okay. So and, and I I can't stand the Knicks. So you have Indiana fifteen, Knicks fourteen. No. Orlando. Orlando fourteen. Okay, and then the Knicks. And then the Knicks. Okay, so they're gonna be the bottom three. Yeah, I just yeah. Okay. Yeah, they'll be the bottom three. Um. Mm hmm. Okay. I just don't. I just don't really see. Yeah, and then. See, it's mm. easier to eliminate teams, and then you have that remaining ten. It's where you put those ten. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit probably for me finishes twelfth, and then Charlotte, and then Charlotte at eleven. Even then, if they flip flop, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. If Lamelo's out for a while, right. then Charlotte tanks. <laughs> it just depends on how long Lamelo's out. Right now, I. I I'll still give them the edge a little bit over Detroit just because they're a little bit more of a team. But don't don't forget they lost Bridges. Yep. Right? Yep. And that's a big loss. Like Bridges isn't Bridges is gonna be playing the all state penitentiary team soon. <laughs> that boy that gonna that boy gonna put up some numbers in the pen. I'll tell you that. But Let's not forget, like that is he was a still is, but he was a very good player. Yeah, and yeah. played a played a vital role for that team, and would have gotten an extension had this shit not come out about him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. No bridges, no ball to start the year. It's gonna be hard for Charlotte, I think, to make the playoffs. It's gonna That's be just, costly. Yeah. Yeah. You you know Washington's got Dinwiddie. They got Porzingis. They got Beal. I like I like Rui Hachimura. I know he didn't have a great year last year, but still like him as a player. Like they they got guys that can fill roles for this team, so it's kind of where I sit on them. So you're concerned when it comes? Well, I shouldn't say concerned. Your point of contention when it comes to Miami finishing below Raptors is based on age. Yeah. Okay. I think I think they're going to run into some injury problems this year. I just don't think they're going to be as durable as maybe they were in the past. Uh. You know, it's the legs are going to start catching up. Maybe this is the year Kyle Lowry really falls off a cliff. Yeah. And, you know, that might be why we were hesitant on giving him, you know, an, an extension of a length because you kind of look at the trajectory of him and you're like, how much longer can that body really sustain the level of play that he brings to the to the basketball court? For me, I think this is where we start to see a drop off of Kyle Lowry. And mm -hmm. it's my fa he's my favorite Raptors player. Love him to death, but you know, father time is undefeated, and I think this is where he will start to exact his revenge on Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Raptors finished top four, and that'd be great. You get home court, which is 
lovely. Yeah, I mean, I think that was something that was missing in the Philly series. Um, I think I think if the Raptors played Miami in the first round, that would be that would be really cool. So you play Kyle Lowry, and there's a lot of there's there's you have some playoff history between the Raptors and Miami. Miami, yeah, and I think it would be a really good matchup. Mm. Uh, Youth versus experience. Uh, I think it would be good. I think it would be a really fun series. I don't hate Milwaukee being number one, and I think you lean that way. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's because typically the best player on any team yeah. is going to carry yeah, you. Yeah, I get that was my tiebreaker. Yeah. Giannis is, you know, assuming assuming health for, for all teams here currently, unless there's players that are already injured going into this. That's where things start to tweak. But um, assuming everything stays the same, it's kind of just... Giannis will will carry for the most part. I'm expecting Tatum to be on a mission this year. That's why I had Boston at one, as much as it pains me. Um, Brown looks like he's firing in all cylinders, and I don't know if that's because he's trying to prove something for his name being dangled out there for Kevin Durant. Um, But this is a team that they are due to make a serious push at the deadline at the deadline and they don't yep. have any age anymore to just acquire a guard or try to you know trade <laughs> yeah. rape someone um i think they're going to be aggressive also why i have the raptors factoring in at four and five is for the same reason and you know hence the clip in the beginning of the show they too have a lot in their arsenal that they can unleash to really make a push, and it really depends on the landscape of the East. Right now, we're looking at it, and we're saying this this conference is dominant. But things happen. Injuries happen. Expectations aren't met. Overhype is real. Maybe there's a team out there that we're hyping to the nth degree, like Philly, probably, mm-hmm. and, and they just don't meet those expectations. Who knows? I don't know. Like, maybe we're wrong about Brooklyn and they actually do get their shit together and they dominate the East. It's possible. I don't think so, but it's possible. So you have that group of, I I would say up to even the top eight. Like, I don't see how Chicago doesn't get in, but the, uh, the lack of ball to start the season for them might be costly. Yeah, a couple balls down. Eh? Yeah, two balls down. Two um, balls down. <laughs> not Cleveland. what any man wants to hear. Yeah, Donovan might well, actually, not. It depends on what time of uh, of your life cycle you're in. Listen, my wife and I are done having kids. <laughs> a little bit of a insider tip. Um, That's it. Cleveland, uh, I don't know how Donovan's going to mesh on that team. Maybe he's really good. Really solid. Seems to look pretty good right now. Sure, sure. But, you know, in-game adjustments might matter. These are all different situational things for teams that they're. it's brand new, whereas teams like Boston, Milwaukee for the most part, Philly yeah. to some degree, Miami, and Raptors, they all have that familiarity. Even Brooklyn doesn't, really. No, they haven't played enough together even, which is crazy to think about. There you go. They really just haven't. You know, mm-hmm. Simmons, yeah. he's brand new on that team too, right? So yeah, and he'll play he'll play twenty games before he gets in his head and goes to the bench. Yeah, he's just decided to take a vacation. So yeah, I'm done. Um, do you wanna do you wanna do the West? I think the West is easier. 
I I feel like we'll be exact. I want to see what you're thinking on the West. All right, so let's let's start with the teams that I don't think get in at all. All yeah. right, the Rockets aren't getting in. OKC no. isn't getting no. in. San Antonio is not getting in. No. I want Sacramento to get in so bad. <laughs> I really do. You haven't said Utah yet. Oh yeah, Utah's definitely not getting in. Yeah. So so that's your so you need it's, one more. It's either going to be the Lakers or the Kings. And no, ju- it'll be the Kings. I want them to get in so bad. I don't want the Sacramento Queens in. Oh, dude, I, it's just a good story. It is. You know. Oh, DeAndre Hunter just agreed on a four-year, ninety-five million dollar extension. There you go. With the Atlanta Hawks. So, uh, breaking news on the pod, which you'll already know by the time you're listening to this. But breaking news for us. Just thought I would. That doesn't change anything on my. No. POV, but let's see. Um, no, they're still playing. Um, I'll put. Uh, it's. I'm gonna go controversial. I'm gonna put the Nuggets as the one seed. I'm gonna put Golden State as the two. Cat. Memphis. Memphis at the three. three. Cat. Clippers at the four. Cat. Phoenix at the five. Cat. New Orleans at the six. Cat. Minnesota seven. You're forgetting Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Let me amend that. Let me. What, who yeah. do I have at six? Um. Shit. Let me start all over. <laughs> People are yeah. like, what the fuck? All right. So Denver yeah. at one. Yeah. Golden State two. Yeah. Memphis three. Okay. I'll slide Dallas. No, I'm still gonna go Clippers four, Dallas five. Phoenix yeah. six. New Orleans seven. Minnesota eight. Nine and ten. So you're missing Lakers and you are missing Portland. No, I'm not. I'm going to go Lakers 9, Sacramento 10. Wow. Because it's just so no, Dame. So no, so no Portland. No. It's just Dame. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Okay. Mm. All right. I just want Sacramento win. Here's what. Here's what I got. Here's what I got. Here's I what I got. See it. Um, we're a little. I think we're a little bit different. All right. Um, Golden State one. I got Denver two. I have the Clippers three. Mm-hmm. A Memphis fourth. I got Dallas at five. Phoenix at six. Minnesota at seven. New Orleans at eight. Lakers at nine. Portland ten. Similar but different. Yeah, you just don't have the Kings. No. 
I think the King the Kings finished ahead of Portland last year. Yeah. Until I, and I will never I won't believe it until I see it with them. What do you have on Portland besides Dame? Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic. Okay. Anthony Simons. No, I'm still going Sacramento. Fuck it. Nah, I'm I'm tell I'm telling I'm telling you I'm telling you I like Portland better than I do Sacramento. I I Anthony Simons is a good player, man, and Jeremy Grant is very underrated. I think he'll do a lot for that team. Nurkic is whatever, but at least he's like somewhat serviceable, big man. Sacramento's time. They're gonna make some playoff noise. One and done. <laughs> Imagine, imagine Sacramento. Win- if if Sacramento wins a round, like I'm not talking play-ins, I'm talking a playoff round. They win a playoff round this Mayhem. year. Mayhem. They win a playoff round this year. I'll donate a hundred dollars towards a charity of the choosing, of the viewers choosing. I'll donate a hundred dollars to that charity. On record, Sacramento will not win. A playoff round this year. And if they do, I'll donate $100 to the charity of choice for the viewers. It can be any charity, whatever you want. I will donate it because that's how confident I am. I will match that and I will do you one better. I challenge you. If Sacramento wins a playoff round. Yes. Not a playoff game. Yes. A playoff round. round. Yeah. I will also do $100 towards a charity of the choice the collective choice yes of the uh, audience in usd yes usd okay. of course usd okay. okay i got that conversion okay i'll all send right. it to you and then you and then you fire it off um it's all good all right i'm not confident that that's gonna happen but i'm confident they're gonna get in look and if we if we lose a charity benefits it's yeah, win-win whatever it's win-win I'm not. It's win-win. I'm not complaining. It's all. No. It's all for the benefit of the people. All right. Um, so that's all we have on this agenda. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, it's probably going to be Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. But we have made it. And it seems like now the season itself is sort of no restrictions, no holds barred when it comes to you know entry for COVID and whatnot. The playing field seems rather even. Um, for every team to enter Toronto for the Raptors. So they have their work cut out for them. Like I said, the first 10 or 11 games are tough. They got Cleveland in order. Cleveland, Brooklyn, Miami, Miami, Philly, Philly, Atlanta, San Antonio for a little exhale, and then Dallas, Chicago, Chicago. Brutal. Tough. Yeah. So um, we probably won't be back for another episode until the week of Halloween, looks like, if I'm looking at my calendar. Yeah, like November 1st-ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we will reconvene then. By that point, uh, they will finish their October slate, as we obviously, if we're starting November 1st, (laughs) um, and we'll be heading into the back end of that brutal stretch. But... Until then, uh, we thank you for listening. We thank you for um, your 
support. We thank you for downloading the show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to it. We are on all your favorite podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix from, minus SoundCloud. We are there. We're um, not SoundCloud rappers, guys. Yeah, you know, yeah, we that's our side hustle. Um <laughs> We appreciate the support. We appreciate the listens. We appreciate the downloads. We are hyped for this season. I speak for myself and Connor, and uh, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're going to roll throughout the the regular season. Should be fun. Connor, do I'm you... more I'm more hyped than you though because I have 52 wins and you only have 50. Oh. You pessimistic fuck. Yeah, but I'm a obviously I'm a huge Kings fan, and you're just not. So no, no, not not a fan of that team. Sorry. This is this is a, a low key Kings podcast. Um, <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to say for any closing remarks? Um, no, I mean, uh, like you, I think you've summed up perfectly, uh, really excited to get back on track here. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a few episodes to build up. It's been a long time coming. Uh, appreciate all the support and the, you know, the welcome back, frankly, from the community into the Raptors community again. It's always nice to see us support and, you know, Adam and I, we we talked about this for for a while and now that we're finally getting back into it it's something that's really exciting for us so uh thank you guys very much for the support it means a lot and i hope that you know in our in our our conversation that we provide you some entertainment first and foremost and then insight second it's usually the way it goes all right i'll let you uh i'll let you fly because i know you got your chargers to watch but uh that being said uh he is at Connor Chambers. I am at Adam Corsair, and we are done for this show. We appreciate the listen. Tell your fellow Raptors fans about the show. Get the community involved, and uh, go Raptors. Happy New Year. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.